Welcome to the Baseball Show, Chicago's only interactive nightly show focused on the Cubs, the White Sox, and Major League Baseball. On radio, on app, on podcast. Listen to the show your way on ESPN 1000 or the new ESPN Chicago app. The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Welcome in to the baseball show on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. Here's where we're at tonight. Uh, Yesterday, the White Sox beat the Pirates 10 to 3. The Cubs lose to the Tigers 7-6. In this space last night, we talked about Jason Hayward not playing for the Chicago Cubs last night, but the Cubs were on the field. We took a lot of phone calls about the Cubs playing last night. We heard from a lot of Cub fans who were upset that the Cubs were playing and not sitting with Jason Hayward. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of seen the, the fallout from that throughout the day. And then we've also seen here heading into today, There were games in Major League Baseball that didn't take place last night. And there are games that are taking place today. The Pirates and the Cardinals are playing. They're in the uh, bottom of the first of their second game today. The the Pirates already won. Uh, The Mariners and the Padres have a uh, day-night doubleheader as well. The Dodgers and the Giants, they have a doubleheader that's taking place. Uh, The Brewers and the Reds are currently playing. And then, Adam, there are a bunch of teams in Major League Baseball who also are not playing tonight with those who are playing yeah we uh it, it's safe to assume that the marlins and mets are not going to play tonight even though that hasn't been officially postponed the a's and the rangers are postponed the red Sox and the blue jays postponed the phillies and the nationals postponed the orioles and the rays again postponed and the twins and the tigers postponed and i leave this one last the rockies and the diamondbacks are have been postponed and trevor story is talking right now and he just said, and this isn't, I say this because I believe this relates to Jason Hayward sitting out. Matt Kemp sat out on Wednesday, or on Wednesday, yeah, it's Thursday, yeah. And Trevor Story is meeting the media, and he said, we had a chance to stand up with our guy last night, and we didn't do it. And they regret their decision of not sitting out with him. And, you know, given time and given more thought into it, I bet the Cubs would have chosen differently than they did. They didn't, and Hayward wanted them to play. It still seemed like a bad look to me, but ultimately, you know, you're seeing guys now that are coming out and saying, well, maybe we should have sat out with our guy. You know, know, the Cardinals did not sit out last night with Dexter Fowler as he sat out last night's game as well. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do tomorrow, what the White Sox do tomorrow, because they played yesterday in the day game. They won against the Pirates, and... um, you know, none of these cancellations really started to happen until they're, they're where they were already playing. Um, but I wonder if they take a stand during tomorrow's game, and I wonder if the Cubs do the same for tomorrow's game as well. Well, cancellations in Major League Baseball, but we did know during the show last night that there were teams trying to figure out whether or not they should play. And we knew what the NBA was doing and what the WNBA did last night as well, mm-hmm. that they decided to use their platform uh, for good and to make a statement. And, and so that's where we uh, catch everything up with that. And then there's also, if we don't have enough news tonight to start the baseball show, uh, we also have news from Mets GM Brody Van Wagnon uh, 
caught off mic, but in the press room talking to other media members about Rob Manfred. So here's the audio. Uh, He did not think he was being recorded when he spoke. Here's the audio. It's boosted for audio quality here on radio. Uh, This video is going everywhere viral right now. Uh, Major League Baseball people questioning Rob Manfred and his plan for the Mets against the Marlins. Take a listen to this audio. They're mulling that over. Baseball's trying to come up with a solution. Say, no, you know, we're going to be super powerful. Three of, three of us here can't leave this room. They're saying, uh, you know, it would be really great if you just have them all take the field. Then they leave the field. And then they come back and play at 8-10. And I was like, what? What's it? Rob. Jeff's scheduling is going to be a nightmare. There's so much at stake. And I said, Jeff, that's not happening. They're not dealing with reality. They're not playing, but that's Rob's instinct. And Rob, not exactly what you're talking at leadership level, he doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. And it's so... Anyway, so I, we're, we're waiting. Jeff wants to hear as soon as we hear from the Marlins. Uh, Conforto, whatever we do, we need to coordinate with the Marlins. So as soon as Conforto hears from robots... So that's Brody Van Wagnen, the uh, GM for the New York Mets, caught on audio, the the video and the audio released, uh, saying that Rob Manfred just does not get it. He also says that Manfred wanted the Mets to take the field and to leave the field at 7-10, but then return an hour later and play their game against the, the Marlins and basically make a spectacle out of a protest and, and trying to choreograph what he wanted the Mets to do to make a statement. And uh, good for the Mets to say, yeah, that's silly, and we're not doing that. You know, the first thing I thought of when I, I heard this is that uh, that picture of Jerry Jones a couple seasons ago where they're all kneeling, and he's, like, looking at the camera. He's arm in arm, and they're all kneeling. Oh, yeah, like, like and it's an all, Yeah, like they're all yeah, kneeling, and he's that. looking right at the camera and, like, basically giving it's it a, a little photo wink. Op. Yeah, and yeah. then standing up, and then we stand up for the anthem. It's like, okay, well, this is just, you're making this a show. So there is a ton of news in baseball tonight, and that's where we start our first pitch. The first pitch. Play ball. Throwing out the first pitch, and I have to say, this was rather impressive. On the baseball show. Right. There's your first pitch, and then some. On ESPN 1000. And our first pitch tonight, we go to the Corona Hotline, and we talk to our friend Jesse Rogers from ESPN. He's our Cubs beat reporter. Follow him on Twitter, Jesse Rogers ESPN. Jesse, uh, the audio was just played from uh, Brody Van Wagden from the uh, Mets GM talking about Rob Manfred. What does this mean for baseball commissioner Manfred? It's problematic. It's problematic because any sort of protest really, first of all, these things have been happening organically within teams. And that's an example of something that was would be orchestrated from outside a team from the league office. And I think that's a problem. You need to play. The players are taking charge of this whole thing and you needed to happen from within the locker room. If the players had decided to come out, go back in and play an hour later. Okay. That sounds okay. But to orchestrate this at the league level, that's going to be problematic. And a lot of the other rank and file players are going to be upset with that. I mean, he's not in good standing with players in the first place. So to hear that is going to really tick off a lot of players. I'm, I'm, I, we're all waiting on word on that game, the Mets and Marlins tonight, if they play. I, you know, it's sad that scheduling, I think, has a, a hand in all this. The Marlins are trying to make up games. It's the last time they play the Mets. So I'm sure that was on their mind, right? And 
that that shouldn't be. I mean, it's the players are taking this thing into a whole other level we've never seen in sports before. You have to just let things play out. And if someone's not playing 60 games, that's already been established as something that's okay. So I, I think it's really problematic that the league office tried to orchestrate something. Do you think that this is something that's going to go on for a few days where teams will sit out a few games? Or is everybody kind of just going to take their turn and sit out a game like the Cubs might do it tomorrow, the White Sox might do it tomorrow since they didn't have – the Cubs did have the opportunity, but they chose not to take it. But the White Sox didn't do it. The Cubs didn't do it. You know, you saw the Reds and Brewers did it yesterday. They played a doubleheader today. Is this something that every team is just going to do once and then to draw attention to the issue and then move on? Or is this something where a team might do this for a prolonged uh, period of games? No, I don't think anyone's doing it for a prolonged period of games, but I'm not sure every single team's going to do it. The Cardinals played again today. They played last night, so they're sort of moving forward. And Jack Flaherty didn't seem very happy about it. Now, he didn't want to throw his teammates under the bus. That was one of the Zooms I watched today. But then he tweeted it out. We're the only sport playing today. And I agree with him that it would have been better if there was a unified response. You really want to make a statement? Nobody plays. And instead of talking about curveballs and home runs, we're talking about social injustice. And that's 30 teams doing it in their Zoom calls last night and or today. But it's been an uneven response. It's not a perfect you know, situation, the protest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I don't necessarily think every team's going to do it. I mean, by tomorrow, maybe it's moved on and, and the Cubs aren't going to do it. I don't know. Or maybe they feel like they missed their chance last night and they do do it in support of Jason Hayward. But we've already seen the Cardinals have moved on. I'm not sure tomorrow. I mean, to, if the Cardinals didn't play tomorrow, it would really be just to make up for the last two days, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean by this has to happen organically. And, and I, even if the Cubs do it tomorrow, it feels like they're just making up for last night. It, the, the, the moment may have been pat, maybe done by tomorrow, right? And so I, I don't know. I don't think every team's going to do it. I think it has to be happen in the moment, and it has to come from a real, real, real thought um, and not something uh, opt- for optics, you know, just to make up for something they didn't do the night before. In hindsight, would the Cubs have not played last night? Yes, I think the answer is yes. I give them every benefit of the doubt. I, I, I mentioned this on several radio shows across the country today. The East Coast start time for them, 6-10 Central, 7-10 Eastern, played into this. Look at the teams that did not play last night. They were the West Coast teams. Jason Hayward was in full uniform when he went into David Ross's office 30 minutes before first pitch. I don't think everyone knew exactly what to do. But I will tell you, and this is getting back to these Zooms I saw today, and I watched black players, white players, managers. Lorenzo Cain who's a black player who opted out to the Zoom today. So I saw the whole range. And I will tell you, and I'll use Devin Williams, a reliever with the Brewers, as kind of the guy here to talk about. This meant something to these black players, that their white teammates, predominantly white teammates in this sport, right, decided, voted to back up their guy and sit out, and sit out for their cause that they, they feel strongly about. It really meant something to Devin Williams. It really meant something to Lorenzo Cain. And I think, in hindsight, the Cubs would have done that if they had more time. Jason Hayward wanted them to play. What was he going to say? Was he really going to go to Rizzo and those guys and say, hey, guys, for me, don't play? It, it, it's really, someone said it to me last night. It's like your wife that says, hey, you know what? I don't want to go to the out to the bar. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go out to the bar, right? No, but Jesse, do you think that he kind of expected the guys 
to say, you know what, we've got your back. We're not going to go out there either. No, well, I mean, I don't, I mean just I, I last think, night I, I sat I on the show during when we were talking about this last night. My point was, as someone who is a white male, I feel like it's it's on me to say, you know, I'm going to support my black teammate. Like I, I would have hoped if I were a professional athlete in, in those shoes, if I was lucky to be in those shoes, that I would have stood along just like Kyle Corver of the Bucks is standing along his other black teammates and, and not playing basketball. You know what I'm saying? And let me make it clear, just because they didn't do it, they should not be hammered for it. If there's one thing we know about the Chicago Cubs clubhouse, Jason Hayward is probably the most respected player in there. I know Rizzo loves him like a brother. I know Brian does. Now, maybe someone in San Diego doesn't know that, but we know how much he's respected. They may have messed up, but it was not out of a bad you know, thought about Hayward or the movement. So I still think we need to give them leeway. But after hearing these, these black players say how much it meant that their white teammates stood up for him. You know, at first, when, when the morning, when, when I got up in the morning, I wasn't sure what I even felt about, oh, what's one game, sitting out one game, what's that going to do? But Craig Council said it real direct. I mean, boycotting a baseball game, boycotting a sporting event you're supposed to be playing in, that doesn't happen every day. That, even if it's one day and we're going to forget about it, that's a statement. And Devin Williams said it, in 10 or 15 years, the hope is that, this day, these days are going to be remembered for a change. And, and then council brought up Colin Kaepernick. You know, that it started with a, a man just kneeling during the national anthem. And maybe it took about five years. But now we have players in multiple sports boycotting a game or multiple games. And that's where maybe the Cubs should have. It, but it would have had to happen in 30 minutes, right? And it just didn't, it didn't come together. I don't blame the Cubs, but after hearing from these players, man, I think it would have meant even more to Jason Hayward if they had not played. Do you think, because it was just a short 30-minute period, do you think Theo knew it was going on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Of course. Jed and Theo absolutely knew everything that was going on in the moment. I, I, don't, I, I tried to ask that question in that 30 minutes. Were you close to, to, to not playing? And I didn't really get a great answer. It doesn't sound like they were close. But it definitely sounds like there were players unsure if they should play. Uh, but, guy, you know, in that, in that window, there's guys all over the place getting ready for their game, right? Lester could be in the bullpen warming up. So it's a tough call. I mean, not that you, it couldn't have happened. I mean, you could cancel the game one minute before first pitch. It, it just didn't come together. Again, who are the teams that canceled? The West Coast teams that had more time to take a team vote. And that's what all these teams did. They took a team vote. Um, you know, St. Louis played an hour after the Cubs. Maybe they had a little bit more times. The Cubs were the first to go, and, and, they, and they just decided to play. I, I don't think there's any doubt it would have meant more to, to everybody involved if they did not play. And that's why you're seeing teams even today and tonight not play because they want to they wanna make that statement. They want that out there. And, you know, last night I was in Milwaukee and, and listened to all the Zooms. I mean, instead of, again, talking baseball – they were able to talk social injustice. And that's the second point I learned today and, and last night. We've never seen white players step up like this for their, for their black teammates and for, for, for black society. I mean, they are, 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 are Ryan Braun was the first to speak. It wasn't Lorenzo Cain or Devin Williams. It was Ryan Braun. Then it was Brent Suter. I'm talking about last night as Milwaukee canceled their game. And that's a change that we've seen. Instead of just having black players speak towards these issues that come up every so often, these terrible things that happen 
latest one in Kenosha, we're seeing white players step up. And I think that's going to continue as well. Yeah, you're right, Jesse. Everyone's going to have to get on board with it. Great stuff, Jesse. We appreciate it. Okay, guys, take care. Jesse Rogers from ESPN. He's our Cubs reporter, Bleck and Abdallah, here on the Baseball Show. While we were talking, John Heyman reporting and others as well that the Mets and Marlins had 42 seconds of silence on the field, a ton or Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. and then they both left the field. So the so, Mets have left the field. So they are currently not playing mm-hmm. Mets and Marlins. The Baseball Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The, the White Sox and the Cubs are not playing today. They had a scheduled day off, but uh, we do have an update because it seems as if the Mets GM is uh, backtracking to the warning track. Is, is he not? Did he just release a statement? Uh, here's the latest. Uh, From Brody, Brody. Brody Van Wagnon uh, was caught on camera, uh, off mic, but on camera, elevated the audio here uh, for radio audience talking about Rob Manfred and the plan for the Mets heading into tonight's game against the Marlins. This video has gone viral. It is everywhere. If you yet to hear this, here it is. Take a listen. Listen in close. He's talking about Rob Manfred. Uh, this is the Mets GM. They're mulling that over. Baseball's trying to come up with a solution. Say, no, you know, it would be super powerful. Three of us, three of us here. Can't leave this room. They're saying, uh, you know, it would be really great if you just have them all take the field and they leave the field and then they come back and play at 8-10 and I was like what? what's it? Rob the Jeff scheduling is going to be a nightmare there's so much mistake and I said Jeff that's not happening they're not dealing with reality they're not playing but that's Rob's instinct and Rob not exactly what you're talking about at leadership level he doesn't get it he just doesn't get it and and so, anyway, so I, we're, we're waiting. Jeff wants to hear as soon as we hear from the Marlins. Uh, court, Conforto, should, whatever we do, we need to coordinate with the Marlins. So as soon as Conforto hears from robots. Okay, so so that's uh, Brody Van Wagnen, the Mets GM, speaking off mic, but on camera. Didn't know that the TV cameras mm-hmm. were still running, so it was picked up and someone put it out there on social media. Okay, that was said. 6-10 was where this game was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. Mets and Marlins. What mm-hmm. took place on the field? So the Mets and Marlins took the field. There was 42. They stood around for 42 seconds. They did like 42 seconds of silence standing there. And then they left the field and they put a Black Lives Matter shirt over home plate and as they were leaving. And they left the field and the game is not taking place. As of right now, as it is not right taking now. place. Yes. Okay. And now here comes the backtrack mm. from Brody. So Brody, <laughs> you you can't even read this with a straight face. I can't. This is fantastic. This Bro- is live breaking news Brody. here into the baseball show. So here's Brody's statement. Jeff Wilpon, who's the COO of the Mets, yes, called Commissioner Manfred this afternoon to notify him that our players voted not to play. Okay. They discussed the challenges of rescheduling the game. Mm-hmm. As Jesse said to us, you know, right, right, and we also heard in the in the audio of the vi- the the video from Brody, Brody, where he said, "This doesn't leave this room, guys. This doesn't leave." You always know that there's some juicy just stuff us coming. Three. Just us, three. just us three talking here. This doesn't leave the room. Okay, just go on with bros, this. Brody. This is Brody's official statement. Yeah, Jeff Wilpon, the CEO of the Mets, yeah. proposed an idea of playing the game an hour later. 
I misunderstood that this was the commissioner's idea. In actuality, this was Jeff's suggestion. The players had already made their decision, so I felt the suggestion was not helpful. My frustration with the commissioner was wrong and unfounded. I apologized to the commissioner for my disrespectful comments oh, and poor judgment right. in, it, in inaccurately describing the contents of his private conversation with Jeff Wilpon. And I bow down. Yes, and here comes Manfred. Commissioner Overlord. Disembodied face floating in. Here comes Manfred to strike down upon the Mets. This is unbelievable. It's bad looks all around. He's really apologizing for that? He he issued a statement. Dude, when you rip the commissioner like that, you knew it was coming. Like, it's just a matter of time. Like, they, they... they made the, they made Okay, the, but do you believe him that he misunderstood Wilpon and that he he misunderstood what was going to take place and it wasn't Commissioner Manfred's idea to have the players mm-hmm. leave the field and then return to the field so it mm-hmm. doesn't disrupt the baseball schedule, you know this precious baseball schedule that we've had, these 60 games. Like we don't have 7 Seven inning double headers playing today. Mm-hmm. Like every single game on the on the schedule today is a, a seven inning double header. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you believe? I believe that a, a bad suggestion was made, and that a man brought a sorry a bro, a bruh, voiced his bruh. what's up bro his opinion on said. And when you listen, look, it's like it's like. If I, if I were to leave this mic on during a break and trash our bosses or something or trash a sponsor. Well, yeah, it's a misunderstanding. Like that, I agree. I'd be like, well, that's not what I mean. Look, it's not it's what he It's 100% a, a misunderstanding. It's not what I meant. It's not what you meant. I apologize. You misheard someone else. I apologize, else. bruh. So I feel like that's what, bruh, of course. You so knew so this do you was think it, it was Manfred coming in hot with the. No, I think that, like, all of a sudden. Brody goes back and he's like, someone, you know, would be like, hey, dude, and like shows him the phone. Well, he had to have known immediately. I mean, Jeff Passon tweeted about it like when it happened. And then you have to issue a statement and you have to apologize. Keith Overman says that Manfred should go tonight. Mm -hmm. I mean, Manfred really has no control over his So the question now is, and it's now being posed all over Twitter, is he covering for Manfred or is he throwing his, is he throwing Wilpon under the bus? Like when you go to your players, like the players, like the players had an enemy, right? They've always had this enemy. The enemy is Rob Manfred, right? Throughout this whole negotiation, the enemy has been Rob Manfred. And then you see this, this quote idea from Manfred and the players already dislike him. Yes. And they see this and they're like, oh man, again, like for real <laughs> again. And so then, and now you walk it back and you're like, well, it wasn't Manfred. But now all the Mets players are like, well, what about our COO? This is how you want, this is what you want us to put on a show? You want us to link arms like we're the Cowboys and Jerry Jones and like look at the camera and wink and then stand up? Yeah, I don't like, okay. For for him to benefit from this, who would it be the best possible situation? It would be the best situation would be if this was against Manfred. Right? 
I think that to the, throw his his direct well, Wilpon boss is above selling him. the team though. So like that's kind of maybe he doesn't care because A Rod and J Lo are going to save the mess that's of the true. mess. Uh, that's see? fair. That's fair. Just place the blame. He's getting whatever anyway. It's like when you're gonna, you know, this is good. Like if you get busted, like you just this. take a bunch of. You just take a bunch of other raps too. Be like, yeah, I did that one and that one too. I, I just, I, I just think it's hilarious that uh, we have the audio. It stays between us, right? It stays right here. <laughs> just us three, just you, me, and Eric. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. More here from Wrigley on the North to Guaranteed Rate on the South. This is the Baseball Show on ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. <laughs> and the White Sox are off tonight. Scheduled day off. Tomorrow, the Sox take on the Kansas City Royals. 7-10 start at guaranteed rate. Three games set against the Royals. So here, here's the deal, Abdallah, for uh, the Chicago White Sox. They've been hot. Uh, they, they beat the Cardinals, and they swept the Tigers, and they took two of three against the Cubs, and then they beat up on the Pirates, just crushed the Pirates, right? And then the, the no-hitter, uh, from Giolito, they, they've been on a roll. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the one thing that I, I just want to lay out there. This weekend against the Royals, stack upon what you're doing. But re- what really matters to me is the three-game set starting on Monday night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Minnesota. You have the Twins on the road. Let's, let's do some damage. Let's take, some, let's take two of three. Because if you are a real contending team, it's nice to beat up on teams like the Pirates, the Tigers, the Royals. I'll say it, the Cubs. Uh, and and it's nice to to stack up wins. Don't look at me like that. You know that that was a nice that was a good line. Uh, but when you face the Indians and the the Twins, you have to compete. Earlier in the season, they were not competing on the same level as the Twins. And the Indians. So I am looking ahead to Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Giolito, Keichel, Lopez on the mound for the White Sox in Minnesota. I want to see what the Sox do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's that three game set against the Twins. Yeah, I mean, like you see, I mean, you mentioned the pitchers. I was going to mention them after you were done, but you've got, you know, your aces. You've got it stacked up against the Twins. It's time to make a move to first place. It's time. It's move. It's move. Uh, what, what do they call it in the Masters? Moving day? Yeah, moving day. Well, it's I mean, time, like- it's moving. It's moving series. This is moving series. You build, like you said, build up, get fat off the off the Royals and time to take over first place. Like it's time. This team Chuck Garfine was on with Guadal and Sylvia right before we came on and said, if this team plays like this from here on out, they can win a World Series. Well, cer- certainly. They, they could if they play like this against good teams, though. Yes, yes. Like, like, and that's the one last missing element to mm-hmm. all of this is they have yet to beat up on teams who are legitimate playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I get it. it. It was a cheap shot to throw at the Cubs. The Cubs are a legitimate team, and they beat them pretty well uh, last weekend. I'll give you that. But but also they are putting up runs and they are pitching well against the garbage of the National League Central and the the American League Central right mm-hmm. now. So I want to see them do this against the Twins. And you know it makes me think of uh, last Friday here on the show, the baseball show. 
Uh, Southside Tim, a longtime caller here at ESPN 1000, he called the show to give us his thoughts on the Cubs and the White Sox. And- you can hit all the home runs you want. Defense never slumps. Pitching never slumps. And I agree because I believe the White Sox lead Major League Baseball in defensive save, uh, de- defensive runs saved. Mm-hmm. And uh, also Lucas Giolito just threw a no-hitter. So I agree. You can hit all the home runs you want. Yeah. Defense never slumps. Pitching never slumps. Correct. I agree. And he also said that the White Sox are... You got yeah. a pretty cute team there. A cute team, yeah. You got I, yeah. a pretty cute team there. Winning a bunch of ball games, I agree. Got yeah. a pretty cute team there. Yeah, nineteen and twelve. Got yeah. a pretty cute team there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Southside Tim because he called the show. Why hasn't he called? Uh, why hasn't he called back yet? You can hit all the home runs you want. Defense That's what I'm waiting never for. Never slumps. Huh. Pitching never slumps. We're right. Got yeah. a pretty cute team there. We got a cute team, the White Sox. So I, I just want to keep my eyes on the Twins. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that twin series is a thin sandwich, right? A lot of bread there, a thin meat sandwich, because look at this. What am I? What are you saying? You have the Pirates, the Royals. You have a three-game set with the Twins. Thin- then you get more Royals, more Pirates, and the Tigers. It's a, there's a lot of bread there. And you then got that's a lot it? of bread. No, well, then you still well, have. Then you get into. You still have four with the Indians. Hold on, the end of the season. Yeah. You have the four with the Twins, yeah. four with the Indians, that's how, and that's three how you with finish. the Cubs. What I'm saying is, you got a lot of bread to eat. Okay, so take care of the bread. You got the three game set with the Twins. It's a, cute, a yes, cute team, though. A cute little team. You can hit all the home yes. runs you want. Defense never slumps. Pitching never slumps. I agree. I agree, Tim. Great call from Tim from the South Side. I just wanted to get that in there. Do you I think, think they'll play seven games over five hundred baseball the rest of the way? Seven over five hundred? Well, yeah, they're not really seven. I think over I think there's a certain yeah, 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 yeah are, there's yeah. a chance seven they could do that. Yeah. yeah, you know why? Because because there's a lot of bread. You know what happens when you load up on carbs, though, Chris? Well, if you run, you get a little you're fine. slow. No, you're you get good. Get a little slow. Yeah, carbohydrates. You put on a little weight. Retain a little water. Keep it moving. No one eats more bread than me, and I have no, like... That's because you, you run, like, eight miles a day, well, like, okay, a, like I, a Brody. Well, I'm just You're saying. running eight miles a day. Shout out to you're the like, Brody's oh, I'm the on, I'm on a run four hours later. Well, the I'm run saying. was great. I'm saying, if you're going to hit all the home runs, and then you just, as long as the pitching and the defense the doesn't slump, it must defense be nice never to have functioning knees. Pitching never slumps. Got yeah. a pretty cute team there. Cute team. Uh, so that's something I just wanted to, to mention. We put this on the uh, baseball show uh, Twitter handle earlier tonight. Who's your favorite baseball player? I was watching highlights of the games from last night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I do this every night. I watch quick pitch, and I, I try and watch as many baseball games as I can throughout the night. And I, I keep going to a couple different names that I, I watch play, and I say, man, that guy's awesome. Uh, some of the names that come to mind, Mookie Betts, Matt Chapman, uh, obviously here in Chicago, there are probably a lot of Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Tim Anderson fans, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Abreu fans, Anthony Rizzo fans. Um, but the one thing that I was thinking to myself was, do people still have a favorite baseball player? Because we're in our 30s now, but when I was a kid, I had two guys that I always thought about who were my favorites. Ken Griffey Jr. and Frank Thomas. Those are my two favorite baseball players. As I got older, I really enjoyed David Ortiz. I, I liked his style on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides Ken Griffey and Frank Thomas, like I didn't really care for, for specific individuals around baseball. Those are my two favorite players. Like, Do people still have a favorite baseball player today, currently in Major League Baseball? 
Yeah, because I think back, uh, you know, watching baseball growing up, it was Ken Griffey Jr. was up there. Sosa, even though I was a little older, but still Sosa was up there. Um, you know, you think of like other Cubs teams and other White Sox teams. Frank Thomas was always great. I loved watching Mark Burley pitch. Loved watching Mark Burley pitch. He was it was just so much fun to watch him pitch a game in in two hours and ten minutes. Uh, so, and then now I think of like what kids are looking up to now in baseball, especially locally. Like you mentioned, Javi Baez, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Luis Robert. I think you know people probably look up Aloy Jimenez. You know, Chris Bryant, like you said, Anthony Rizzo. Like, there's a lot of guys here locally. I don't know if there's a lot of guys on a national level. Like, Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm sure there's, it's going to be leading a lot of jersey sales this year. Mookie Betts having a Dodgers uniform this year is going to lead jersey sales this year. What about year. Juan Soto? Yeah, a Juan young, Soto. young, exciting mm-hmm. player who's already won a championship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- those are some of the names. Uh, Aaron Judge, perhaps. Yep. Uh, so we put that on Twitter. Uh, you can follow it at... Uh, ESPN MLB show. You can also find it at ESPN 1000, Adam A. Abdallah, and Chris Black all on Twitter. Who is your favorite MLB player? We put a couple names up there. Mike Trout getting 29% of the vote. Mookie Betts getting 9%. Aaron Judge getting 6.2%. Other in reply with who, 55% going with other. There's a whole bunch of good names. I see Jacob DeGrom, Travis Wacker. Shout out, Travis. He says Christian Yelich is his favorite player. A lot of Javi Baez on the list. A lot of Tim Anderson on the list. Um, if I had to give you two names specifically right now in current day baseball, I'd give you Mookie Betts mm-hmm. and Matt Chapman. Those are my two favorite players watching every night. Uh, I, I like that Matt Chapman is like unbelievably uh, athletic at third base. He can make all the plays. And then he also has a sick bat. And Mookie Betts... I love the fact that he is smaller, but he has power, and he can field, and he's fast, and he kind of does everything. He has some swag, too. I like Mookie Betts, and I'm going to go with Matt Chapman. I don't know how you can't how you can leave Tatis off the off the. Well, uh, I mean, Tatis to me is a little early. Like I can't immediately have someone like that be my favorite player. I'm not saying he's your favorite player, but you name two guys. You can't just name three guys. I could name three guys, but if I had to give you a third, I'd give you Tim Anderson. Okay. That's fair. Who are yours? Uh, Javi, obviously. Um, You Darvish this year. You Darvish is probably my favorite pitcher in baseball right now, just because of the way he's been able to turn it turn it around. And I think like the as much as I hate the idea of pitching super slow and taking your time, I do like the idea of f you. I'm taking my time. Like the idea, like like that's why I like Burley because Burley was just like I'm yeah. standing here, get ready. He was I'm, working. I'm ready to pitch. Why aren't you ready to hit? You're gonna miss again, so just get ready to miss again. And that's why I like Darvish because it's like it's just like f you. And I know if I'm gonna settle in for a four hour baseball game, at least I'm prepared for it. But it's Javi, you Darvish, and Tim Anderson. Yeah, Tim Anderson, right? I, yes, it's Tim I, Anderson. How can you yeah, not love yeah, it? It's Tim Anderson. Eric, who, who do you have? On All right, your list? so I, White Sox fan, I'm going Javi. Okay. Javi is an amazing flash, really. Um, Nolan Arenado, love his defense. Arenado, yeah. mm-hmm. And then I love watching Garrett Cole or Max Scherzer. You can split hairs between those two, but I love a, a massive strikeout See? guy. Okay, there it is. Can a pitcher be your favorite player in baseball? I think a pitcher can be your favorite player in baseball. Well, yeah, because I have you, Darvish, yes. But I think if, if you're taking other teams pitchers because you're not like 
Like, it's not like you're watching... Like, if your favorite pitcher is Clayton Kershaw, you're not watching the Dodgers every single day, did right? Did Garrett Cole get rocked last night? I did, yes. But you're not watching, you know, you're not watching... Like, like I said, Kershaw, you're not watching Dodgers baseball every single day. You know, like, if, if, I'm, a, uh, if I'm an out-of-market fan, if, my, if one of my favorite pitchers is you Darvish, or it's Lucas Giolito, I'm not watching the White Sox every day. I might just make it a point to watch every fifth day when they pitch. <laughs> so, uh, between the three of us, we don't have uh, Mike Trout... No trouts, and uh, on our poll, Look, he's, he's he's not. It's I mean he's, he's getting the most like, votes. Like but saying Tim Duncan's your favorite basketball player, <laughs> like Tim Duncan's like three people's favorite basketball player, and they're all Spurs fans. Like he, it's just so boring. Like it's just like okay, yeah, you're big, you're gonna hit a home run, you're you're great, I get it, but like he's it's just so boring. It, it like really he literally, is. He's literally carrying a lunch pail with him as he's running around the bases. All right, uh, coming up next, I have some Mike Trout numbers for you, and we have our start of the night. This is the baseball show. This, this, this is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Peace up. Peace up. A-Town. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to fight. David Algonquin, you're on ESPN 1000. Good evening, guys. Congratulations on your uh, your new show. Uh, you Thanks, well man. earned. I love, love listening to you guys. Uh, I got three. I got Jose Abreu. Uh, okay. Unbelievable what he's put up over the first six years of his career. I think only a couple players in the history of the game that were better. Uh, Mike Trout. Trout, not okay. The, not the most talkative guy, but unbelievable player, five-tool guy. And then uh, how can you not like Jacob DeGrom? I mean, uh, two back-to-back Cy Youngs, uh, watching him pitch again last night. Uh, just kind of that throwback to the Jim Palmer, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson. I mean, just a dominant pitcher every time he goes on the mound. Thank you for the call, Dave. That's a good option, and we appreciate it. Uh, we're talking about our favorite major league players. As Dave weighs in from Algonquin, uh, 312-332-3776 is the phone number. What are you laughing at? I'm just I'm just looking at our... you can't you can't do that yet. We'll do that in five minutes. We're getting ready for our fantasy football uh, draft for the ESPN Miller Lite uh, ESPN Chicago 2020 Fantasy Football Championship that we have to partake in, which the draft starts at 730. Uh, our show goes until eight. So we're going to have to do this on the air. But we're still in the baseball show. They legit couldn't give you guys 30 more minutes. Uh, listen, we'll we'll discuss that Boy. at 7 o'clock. We'll talk about it when the baseball show's over. Uh, uh, let's go. Uh, okay. That's going to give you some more Bryce players. But... goes from first to third on a ground out. Black and Abdallah. Burning around second base. Go first to third. All the way from one corner to another. Not stopping at second. He's going to try for third. And the throw is not in time. Able to go all the way from first to third on a wild pitch. First, first, first to third. On the baseball show. On ESPN 1000. All right, first to third, a couple of notes to uh, to give you here on the baseball show. One, on Fangraphs today, we were just talking about Mike Trout. They have an article up today, uh, real good information about Mike Trout. His numbers are down this season, and the title is, It's Time for Mike Trout to be Less Patient. And basically, is it's suggesting that since Trout takes so many fastballs, pitchers are now just throwing him, or not just fastballs, but strikes, that Trout takes all these strikes. Pitchers have now uh, adjusted, and they only throw strikes to Trout. And he's getting behind in counts, thus not able to be as productive as he's been in the past. We we're talking about the the favorite baseball players. I thought it was interesting. Mike Trout article. Go find it on Fangraphs. 
check it out. Something else on first to third to kind of bring mm-hmm. to your attention. Okay. okay uh, we okay. talked about Cody Bellinger uh, on this show last week, how he's been struggling, much like Chris Bryant and Javi Baez to mm-hmm. this point in the season. Uh, this is from a day ago. Eldon Gonzalez tweeted out this. Cody Bellinger got off to a really rough start this year, but he might finally be turning the corner. He's 10 for 23 in his last six games with four home runs, two doubles, and as many walks as strikeouts. His OPS has increased 194 points during that stretch. Mm. So, you, so I'm suggesting the baseball show kind of gave a, a tip of the cap to uh, Cody Bellinger, and uh, he's turned it around. Oh, we talked about him. him last yeah, week. Yeah, he was probably listening. Yeah, absolutely. First mm-hmm. to third. So there you go. <laughs> That's only two. No, I know. We, we don't have time. We have we to go to first of the to night. Second. I know, but we have stab the night We only went now. first to second. What are we, slow? We can only go to second? Yeah, on base we got thrown out. We couldn't get the third? You tried to stretch it? Damon's on base, 324. And Almeida's was 299. On the baseball show. Add that up and you get... On ESPN 1000. Has Tatis homered again? Has he? Has he? I don't even check the score in a minute. Tonight's stat of the night is 13. Fernando hey. Tatis Jr. has 13 home runs. He leads the majors in home runs. It's a lot of dingers. That's our stat of the night. Is he is leading the majors in home runs to this point. And the Padres are one of the more exciting teams in all of baseball to watch. They were losing uh, in their first game of their doubleheader to the Mariners, and they scored seven runs in the uh, bottom of the seventh inning to win that game. They're currently losing 6-2 to two, uh, in their second game of the doubleheader. They spotted the Mariners uh, six runs in the top of the first. So they, they, they've put two more runs up. We'll see if they can have another comeback here. Yeah, in that first matchup, the the comeback, the seven runs, they went at ten to seven in that first first contest. And Tatis Jr. went uh one for three. He uh scored two runs. He had the one RBI. Uh and he is now batting three oh two, three eighty five, six sixty seven, and he leads the majors with home runs with his thirteen. Hmm. Home runs for Fernando Tatis Jr. Doesn't make it into your favorite players, though. No, he's on the list. He's on the list. Uh, I like uh, Mookie Betts and Tim Anderson and Matt Chapman a little bit more. Are we going to draft Patrick Mahomes? Okay, so we're going to discuss this coming up in two minutes as uh, Black and Abdallah rolls on. That's it for the baseball show. And uh, we're coming back in two minutes, and we got to figure out what we're doing with this fancy football draft because we're currently on the air, and you want to draft Patrick Mahomes. I want to draft wide receivers. It's all coming up next. Dumb. The baseball show with Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.